You're listening to Discovering Multifamily, where we discuss all educational topics in commercial real estate with an emphasis on multifamily apartment investing via syndication. And now your hosts, former NFL fullback Brian Leonard and Anthony Scandariato. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Discovering Multifamily podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Scandariato with Red Knight Properties. And today uh, we have a special guest here with us. Uh, For those of you who are on LinkedIn or Meetup or involved in the commercial real estate or real estate multifamily industry, I'm sure you've heard her name before, uh, Leka Devita. I think I got that right, right? You got it right. All right. The first try is good. I guess I beat Brandon Turner because he did it like 20 times, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Um, So I want to introduce Leka and thank you for coming on our show and uh, I'm excited to hear about your story. Uh, you know, Lega's out of the greater Seattle area. Uh, she's a, a broker. She's the host of Real Estate at Work, which is a, a co-host, which is a monthly meetup um, in the greater Seattle area. But she's been doing it on uh, Zoom and inviting people all over the country and has had some really good guest speakers over the past few months and gotten to know her. And she's been in real estate since 2014. And uh, she's going to talk about what she's been up to and how she's been able to uh, grow with what she's doing. So thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me, Anthony. It's been Great. a pleasure getting to know you over the last year. Absolutely. So tell us uh, how you got started. Um, and, you know, I guess it's seven years ago now. Yes, seven years. Wow. It feels like yesterday. Don't get yeah. me wrong. Um, but <laughs> no, I was at Nordstrom Corporate. So I was Corporate America. Um, but you know, I just had this entrepreneurial bug. And so I decided to venture out and start like looking at my other options. I thought it was always going to be in fashion, but you know, I was just something that real estate was not even in my radar. Um, but I ended up building my primary residence with a builder and really enjoyed that process of construction. And so at that point, thought that real estate meant being a real estate broker, didn't ever think that there was a path to invest um, or be a builder, be a developer. But once I started venturing down that path, you know, um, a lot of doors opened and a lot of information was thrown my way. And I was a fast learner and I, you know, started flipping homes and now it's been seven years and a lot has happened. That's great. So, uh, so you're out of the greater Seattle area. So for those of right. you, you who are listening, uh, Seattle is not the cheapest area, right? No, country. it's not. It's one of the most expensive markets to be in in the country. Sure. And couple that with no inventory and a huge population growth. Um, it's just a super tough market. Sure. So how are you able to, so, all right, so you started out you were working for Nordstrom in the corporate world, and then you realized, eh, not really 100% for you, wanted to pursue real estate, um, you know, you, you built your home. So what from there, I, obviously, I, I didn't mention to my audience, uh, Lake is a broker too, as, as you just mentioned. So did you become a broker after that? No, I, no, I became an investor first, because that was my primary focus is I wanted to start investing and learn that process of whether it was fix and flip or long-term rental um, holds. Um, so I was like actively investing for a good three years before I became a real estate broker. I just didn't want that to distract me in a way. So I just hired the best brokers and I learned from them. 
Um, and then when I did become my own broker, you know, it was just a huge advantage because I knew construction, I had bought and sold a lot of homes. So I was uh, able to identify with a buyer or seller mentality. Um, and so then when I became a real estate broker, uh, again, I didn't market myself as a broker, but a lot of my friends and family started to list with me or buy with me. And so it just became a thing. And um, and I just realized a month ago that I have sold over 25 million in real estate as an accident. Like it was never meant to be like a full-time job or career path, but no, it just happened. And I, and I love it. I love negotiating. I love taking care of my sellers. Um, so it's def certainly a good spot to be in. So the accidental investor turn, well, I'm sorry, the investor turn accidentally into a broker. That'll be the title of the podcast. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Great. So, okay. So you were, you were investing and then you became a broker and then just by happenstance, I, I see a lot of um, investors do that. They eventually get their license because right. there's so many opportunities, right? You yeah. Know? And honestly, all I wanted to do was get in and out of homes without bugging someone else. Uh, to take me inside, right? So I just wanted MLS key box access. And that's what got me started. Got it. So talk to us about your investments. And obviously, the advantage you have now as a broker. Um, it's so yeah. and what, what's the MLS for those of you who don't know? It's a multiple listing service. It's basically okay. a one centralized system where all the listings show up. So it's like a Redfin, but it's more um, exclusive for real estate brokers, got all the information. It's got, um, you know, county records and tax records and yeah, the works. Awesome. So when you're making investments, are you mostly doing, it sounds like a combination of this, you know, housing. So is it single families, duplexes, triplexes, fourplexes, multi you know, commercial, what's yeah. kind of the spectrum? Yeah, um, everything from single family to fourplexes. That's that's my go-to right now. Um, that is, you know, about to change. I am getting involved and in getting into the commercial real estate investing space. But so far, it's been seven years of single families to fourplexes. Got it. And so when, so and that's all in the Seattle area, right? So yeah. when you're looking at you know, a price of a, maybe a duplex or a duplex or triplex in your yes. area. What, what do those go for? Like on a per unit basis? Okay. So in the core Seattle market, like the core downtown Seattle market, I just bought a triplex for 1.2 million uh, last year. And over the course of one year, it grew, um, our economy grew through COVID. And so the appraised value right now is 1.6. So massive appreciation. I've had zero cash flow. In fact, I'm, I think, putting in more money to keep the building afloat right now. Uh, but my future goal is to remodel, take everything down to the studs, create five units where there's only three right now, and get it to appraise a little bit even higher. So um, we, it's a, just a different market, uh, a different, you know, financing lending structure, too. So... Um, it's not for everybody, but once you're in the area and you do a lot of work in the area, you just kind of get used to it. Sure. And, and so how are you financing these deals? Is it through hard money or conventional or cash? 
Yeah. So, you know, if the building is in a pretty decent uh, condition, then I always try and get a conventional loan on it. It's the best, cheapest long-term loan. And I can do that because it's under four units. Um, if it's just a distressed property buy, then it would be a hard money loan or, you know, private lender loan. So it just depends on the condition of the property. And then if it is a long-term rental, we raise the value and equity in the building and then we cash out, refinance that and pay back our creditors. And now we own this building uh, with no money of our own into it, but we're able to do make a monthly cash flow and also have it be in an appreciating market. Oh, that's great. And so that's a strategy that a lot of, you know, that, that I use for my company in the, the commercial deals, the cash out refinance, right. which is yeah. basically paying back your lender. And if you have any of... Uh, investors or it's your money you basically yeah. pay yourself back or your investors and then you basically own the building at a zero basis so yeah. zero money down yeah. exactly so and it's it's a beautiful thing so when you're able when you're doing these cash out refinances though you mentioned you are you know you mentioned seattle's not really a cash flow market so when you do pull out equity in these properties are you still able to become cash flow positive or is it deal by deal specific yeah mostly i am Yes, I can. Uh, I can have monthly cash flow. It's because I have basically been networking for seven years to create a solid deal flow pipeline. So I see, and I mostly buy off market deals. So I buy them at a really good price. Um, now they're all not that way. Some are, you know, just bought for appreciation. But I want to say like ninety percent of my rental portfolio cash flows. Awesome. So. With that example, the triplex for it was a 1.12, you said? 1.2, yeah. Walk us through a little bit about the numbers on that. Like, like what was the, I know you're trying to add more units, so maybe that's not the best example. Uh, but I do have the fourplex I can talk about. There we go. Uh, you know, I bought a fourplex off market from a real estate. This is, this is why I love being a broker. So another broker in my office brought me this off market deal because one of his clients moved um, states and said, you know, I don't want to have any rentals in this, this state. So I want to sell them all off market. So this broker brought it to me and said, Hey, is this something that you're interested in? I don't know any other investors. And I was like, oh, yes, I am, <laughs> because it's in a super appreciating market. It's not the it's not I would not say it was an A or B class. It's more like C class property. Uh, and we need a lot of those because it's good working middle class communities that really do, there's not much inventory for rent. Um, so I went and looked at it. I bought this this building for six twenty five and it's a fourplex. I'm putting in about 150 grand. So I'm fixing up every single unit to the T, meaning like all new cabinets, countertops, flooring, roof, like the works, uh, in, like back decks, front decks. And then I am going to rent them each out for $1,780 a piece. Um, and the building should appraise at 1.1. So we will cash out refinance and still make a monthly cash flow about $2,000 a month. That's great. So, and when you're doing these cash out refinances, uh, do you usually go to the same lender or is it vary? Yes, I like taking care of my peeps. So when I have someone that I know and trust and love, then they are pretty much, you know, whether it's my escrow agent or my stager or my lender, I like going back to the same people because um, then they, they take care of me. 
So yes, I do go back to the same lender to do all of my cash out refinances. And he knows me, he knows my background, he knows, you know, all my investment property. So it's easy for him yeah. to do that. So, yeah. so 20, so you said $25 million in sales accidentally. And then, yeah. and then how many, how many investments have you bought, sold, or, you know, your own, like, you know, on a deal basis? Uh, yeah. Is it also 25 million or? <laughs> um, I mean, I've spearheaded over 75 deals. Um, and those are anything from fix and flip to just uh, sale for a seller or buyer. Um, so yeah, uh, it's a lot of deals. I mean, I have been at this for a good seven years now. So yeah. that's great. So, yeah. Great. So when you started out, though, so obviously, you know, you built your own home and then the broker, did you what was the next step from there? That was the, the yeah. triplex or what or what yeah. was the progression after that? You know, it's so funny because a lot of people come to me and they say, hey, should we buy a rental portfolio, rental property first or should we do a fix and flip first or should we get our broker's license? The amazing thing about real estate is that there's no set path. There's no set rule. Like my roadmap could be so different from someone else's, um, which is what's so cool is for me, I was flipping homes. I was flipping like eight, 10 homes a year. And then I got kind of bored and also not just bored, but a, a really good mentor of mine said, hey, you st- you should start holding everything you buy. So buy it with the mentality of holding it. And then what happens is you start to analyze deals a little bit differently with a fix and flip. It's, you know, what is the ARV? How much money are you putting into it? So what is my acquisition cost? A rental property, you just analyze it differently. And so I started doing that and that was in 2017. And since then I've just able, been able to look at my investments differently and start holding my rentals or holding my properties. Not just that, it, through my fix and flip career, I started to do a lot of land development deals. Um, I started putting additions on homes. And those are not just a simple fix uh, and flip. Those are more massive, long-term, like two, three-year play. Um, and so I, I, I feel like I, I just got a good experience for things that I wouldn't have done otherwise if I just like focused on one aspect. Sure, that's great. So where, where are you going next? So what, what are you, are you, you, you mentioned you're focusing more on buy and holds. Uh, there's a lot of reasons that investors like buy and holds, primarily tax reasons, as you know, when you're fixing and flipping, right. you have to pay short-term capital gains typically yes. uh, if, if you flip a property within eight months or nine months, whatever it right. is. So right. uh, those tax rates are much higher than the, the long-term, at least for now. Yeah. So we'll see what happens, but yeah. Um, so, so that's what you're focused on today, kind of finding more of the buy and hold properties with that are more value add, but they turn into buy and holds through your cash out refinance. Is that correct? Right. So now I'm not um, actively looking for those. If those just come to me, uh, like a friend of mine just calls and says, hey, I have this amazing deal that could cash out refinance, then yeah, I'll do it. But I think I'm more focused on finding multifamily deals. I am actively um, involved in AJ's mastermind. Uh, It's a self-storage mastermind. So I'm really excited about that asset class. I'm also digging into some assisted living stuff. So there's a lot of like, I feel like I'm at a fork where I could go in any direction. Um, So it's going to be a good year to pivot and I'm excited for what's to come. I just don't know what it's going to be because all these asset classes are exciting for me. 
Right. And as you stated before, it's real estate. There's not one path for everybody. It's almost a do as you go type of business and you learn what you like and you learn what works and you learn what doesn't work. So it sounds like you did a great job in the beginning, figuring that out. And then you're about to do it again, you know, in your next step, which is, which is really, really cool to see. So we'd love to obviously have you back on the show in a year from now and, and see, and see where you are. And see where I ended up. Yeah, so true. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so as we wind down the show, how can people find you, learn more about you? you have any, you know, last kind of lessons for the podcast listeners to, to digest before we yeah, go? Yeah, um, I mean, I do host a monthly uh, virtual networking event. Uh, and Anthony has been on it a couple of times. And you were a speaker one time. Um, and... I love it because I think it's a great platform for new investors, seasoned investors to come meet some amazing speakers um, and network. So definitely find me on Meetup or find me on LinkedIn and come to one of those events. Um, But just in terms, and I am on LinkedIn and I'm on Instagram. So find me on either of those platforms. Um, But as a piece of advice, just follow your heart and hustle. And, you know, the world is your oyster. Um, so yeah, that's it. <laughs> Excellent. Love that. Love those last words. So definitely check like out on all those different platforms, join her networking group. We'll put a link to her LinkedIn profile in the uh, iTunes description. And if you don't mind, if you can give us a rating and review on iTunes, we would appreciate it because it helps, uh, Leica and my audience reach a, a wider audience. It's just the way, the way iTunes works. So we'd appreciate that. And thanks again for coming on. I really appreciate the time. And like I said, you're, you're coming on again. If the show's still alive, you're coming on again in a year. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you. Take care. You too.